All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Welcome back to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Uh, I'm Jordan Prince, and it's great to be here. Um, I hope everybody had a really nice week and full of seeing family and having fun. And if you didn't, if you're if you're homesick, then just know that uh, I'm thinking of you and I love you and I hope you feel better soon. Um, we have a, I think we have a pretty cool show lined up for today. Um, it's been a little while since I've gone live on TikTok, so I thought maybe, you know, perhaps, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to do it. I'm here in my uh, small little office in the city today, um, out of the house, and it's freezing in here, so I'm wearing a beanie and a big puffy uh, big, big, big puffy coat. I feel like in I feel like in Germany, there's two paths you can take when it comes to how you dress for the cold. Um, one is pure practicality, which is the majority of the German way. You know, you have people who who dress like exactly for exactly for the weather as it as it is meant to be. You like, um, you know, not not. It's hard to say it the right way, but like dressing practically in the sense of like, okay, it is beyond this degree of temperature cold with this kind of wind. So I will wear exactly this kind of protective coat that has exactly the formula of material that protects me from that, even though it looks clunky and ugly and, you know, whatever. And maybe they have like a perfect, you know, these gray, thick work pant wind reflecting waterproof pants and into like hiking shoes that are strapped up above the ankle for protection and all this stuff. And like, yes, you can do that. And yes, it's fine. It's what most Germans do. But the other path is sacrificing a slight bit of that warmth probably for a little bit of style. If I, if I can say so myself, if I can say so myself, it's sacrificing a little bit of that body warmth, just a hair of that body warmth for just a kiss of style. And I feel like that's the path I've chosen to take. I hope, I wish, uh, because I am in this little office. There is no heater. It is very cold today. It's about 10 degrees or so. And uh, yeah, my hands are numb, And uh, but I'm looking good. I see myself in the little camera here. I'm about to turn on the live feature on TikTok. And I gotta say, guys, I'm pretty fresh. I'm pretty fresh. Um, and I don't think that too often about myself, but you know what? I wear winter clothes better than I do wear summer clothes. Winter clothes cover up the blobby mayonnaise body in such a nice way that, you know, exposing your 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 pasty white pudding yogurt legs in the summer just doesn't give the same vibe. You know, it just doesn't give the same vibe. <laughs> Um, anyway, so guys, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn on the live feature here, then we can get started. I want to talk a little more about Oktoberfest because it's almost over. Uh, there's just a few more days left, and I'm going to go ahead and just turn this on real quick. Uh, three, two, one. Okay, nice. Okay, so now we are live. I got it set up there. Yeah, so like I was saying, um, Oktoberfest is almost over. And 
Oh no, I have the same old dial. Let me turn this off and start over here. Hold on. Hold on. Let me start over. Let me start over here. Hold on. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Um, well, that's just some real behind-the-scenes stuff right there, guys. Uh, I got to go back and do it again because when they joined... Oochie, oochie, oochie. When they joined, it actually... You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little uh, movie magic here and just take a little edit that you won't even notice. You see what I mean? I already cut it. I already got everything set up, and you didn't even know the difference, so, you know... That's why I do this professionally. Oh, what's that, Bob? Coming in, Bob. We got a left field turn. Oh, looks like a pop fly. Andrew's going to make it this year. Well, he's got that hurt knee. Oh, but he's running fast. Oh, and he slides into first just in time to be safe. And the audience didn't even know that it happened. Now we're going to officially go live. My phone battery went from 86% to 25%, so I had to plug it into. And now... Now we are officially live. Okay, so cool. Now we can get started. So like I was trying to say before, um, Oktoberfest is almost over. There's just uh, a few more days of this festival taking place. And it's really cool. Um, I haven't been able to really experience it yet the same way that I used to experience it a few years ago before uh, the pandemic. I forget that it wasn't even happening for two years, which is just crazy. Um, but I do plan, coincidentally, to go tonight to the Oktoberfest and have a little fun with a friend of mine. So I'm really pumped about it. And there's a few things in, in last week's episode of this podcast that I didn't get into about Oktoberfest because we talked about the history of it. We talked about some of the facts, some of the things that are you know, overlooked or whatever, some of the history about, you know, Teresa's Meadow and all that stuff. But now I really just want to like talk to some people here on the live. Um, like we have some people joining now. Hi, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for jumping in. Um, I want to talk a little bit to you guys and I have some stories prepared here also of just like real Oktoberfest, like the real stories of people who go there, make mistakes, get a little too drunk. Sometimes it's funny, innocent stuff. And sometimes it's crazy and Things you got to know, the little tips here and there, what it's like for a German to go there, what it's like for a foreigner to go there. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. So I've got a few things lined up here. I thought since I would get the ball rolling while people join in on the live. Um, hello, Agnes. Uh, hello, everybody who's in so far. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Um, we're going to talk about Wiesen today. So if you have an off-the-cuff opinion or something you want to chime in with, just go ahead whenever you're ready. Uh, but I'm going to start with a little story. I remember, like, my okay, my first Oktoberfest, I think I mentioned it in the last episode, but I, it's, there's a different part of the experience I didn't talk about, which is on, um, it must have been 2015, and I guess I borrowed some Lederhosen from somebody because I didn't have any, and I went... Uh, a, f a friend of ours had already locked a table. He booked a table um, basically right in front of where the mayor taps that first cake, you know, like, Ozoftis or whatever. And um, the funny thing was, there was a couple that was with us during that experience. One of them um, is, is still a close friend, and she had this boyfriend at the time, who was a friend in our circle for a few years, but then when they broke up, we kind of just let him drift away because he did things like this, which we're about to say, which I'm about to say. Um, so he he came with us, and he's this stereotypical, like, 
cut from the cloth German, like tall, athletic, blonde, blue eyes. Servus. Ja, hallo. Ja, ich kann ein bisschen English reden. Ja, okay. Baba. And um, nice guy, though, you know. I, I don't, I, you know, he's, I'll tell you an interesting story about him in a minute. Um, <laughs> if I can uh, do a little redemption story for him, so I'm not totally unfair. But so they were dating and we went to Oktoberfest together with them, this couple. Uh, I'm going to call him um, Tommy and she's um, Sarah or whatever. So Tommy and Sarah, Sarah's still a good friend. We, we all went there together and we started drinking um, now Tommy started pounding the mass. And so for those who don't know, a mass is a whole big, huge liter of beer in a glass mug that somehow these waitresses carry like six or seven at a time, uh, or more like 12 or something. And, the, uh, you know, it was my first time. So I was kind of taking it slow. I'm a drinker. I enjoy drinking. So it wasn't as if I was, you know, pacing myself for any other reason than, hey, this is a lot of beer. And it was like a lot to take in because it's in this giant glass. And I remember by the time I had like two mas, I started eating some chicken and slowing things down a bit because it hits you really hard. It's really alcoholic, especially if you start on a somewhat empty stomach, it's intense. And by the time I got to number two, I'm pretty sure he had crossed number four, which says a lot because we went in together at the same time. <laughs> and so as, as time goes on, I've had a little later, you know, he starts, he's really drunk and he starts kind of getting a little belligerent. He starts kind of getting into an argument with Sarah. They're kind of pushy, shovey, a little, not like actually physical, but just a little bit like, ah, oh, shut up. Or like, ah, oh, you're doing this or ah, oh, annoying. Or it's just a little intense, you know, and we're kind of brushing it over, trying to ignore it, trying to stay out of their way, you know, like, oh, let's just, that's Sarah and Tommy, they're always arguing, and oh, now he's drunk, so it's a little more intense, and um, I remember then I got to, let's say, the end of my third mass, and he had drank, I think, six, which, wow, which six is a lot. I don't know many people who go through their sixth, seventh mass, you know, uh, Soe, hi. Is it Soe or Sohe? Soe, hi. Thanks for joining. And so he drank six or seven, and it was really intense. And so we were all standing on the tables at this point, singing along to the music. It was this whole show. Going to get into that later, too, how it all works. And he just sat on the table. He sat on the, on the bench looking at the table with his head in his hands like this, like bent over, resting on his thing. And he was out, like out cold just zonked out, completely too drunk, too fast. He was mad. He was in a bad mood, just pissy, just kunk. And we were all just staring at him like, what's Tommy doing, man? This is like, why did he do this? And I'm not close enough with him at all to say like, hey, are you all right? Or like, what, what's going on here? Like, can we just snap out of it? Can we still have a good time? And he's just there and then kind of killing the mood, embarrassing Sarah. And at some point he stands up in the seat and he's like, I, uh, I don't feel so good. I, um, I, I have a headache. I, I'm, I'm going to go home. And they're like, are you sure? Like, are you feeling okay? Are you all right? And he, we, and he didn't say like, oh, I drank too much. We did, you know, talking about like, hi, you know, uh, can you just let us know? It wasn't anything about the alcohol he drank. It wasn't about his fight. He was just like, I have a headache and just stormed out and, and left the table early and like, didn't leave with us, left her behind, just stormed home, uh, super drunk. And it was just like, dude, come on. 
and he and he did stuff like that a lot. He just get would get too drunk and get a little bit of a bad mood and just like separate himself from the group and do stupid stuff. Thankfully, he didn't get physical or fall down or hurt himself or hurt anyone else or or really do anything too crazy. But you know, it's like they say, enough drops of water and you'll have an ocean. And he was just dropping, 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 dropping stuff like that all the time. Uh, Soa asks, what's the topic? Well, we are talking about Oktoberfest. A lot of people who listen to the show um, have never been there before. And it's interesting also to, I think, talk to people not only living in Germany from somewhere else like me, but also to Germans who grew up with this and what they think about it. I think it's probably similar to how I think about maybe Mardi Gras, um, which is in September. Yeah, right. I talked about that in the, in the last, uh, the, the first part about this. Yeah. I mean, we learned that it's, it's, it's in September because the original festival, which celebrated this wedding of this king and queen took place in October, but they moved it over time two weeks earlier to get some of that warmer climate, which obviously is working. You can see how warm and hot and sunny and wonderful it is right now. Um, but they kept the name. So yeah, that's, that's why that is the way that it is. But yeah, this guy, I remember we, we did so many things like this, but I told you to, to redeem him, to redeem him. Um, we did go on a trip again. It was with Sarah and Tommy. They were still dating and it was after this Oktoberfest event. And I remember we went on a trip, all of us, um, Oh no, sorry. It was a couple years before when I was first uh, touring through Europe, like doing a little Euro trip. Uh, that's when I first met him. And I only knew him for a few weeks at that point. It was like 2013. We went to France together, a big group of us, and he was there. And I was swimming in this water off the coast of Southern France somewhere, I think near Camelas. And I, for the first time in my life, stepped on a sea urchin which I had never been around sea urchins, you know, like being from America and being in the South, you just don't have those there. It's too exotic. And I remember swimming and stepping on it and it hurt so bad. It was this like searing, crazy pain and I, it was killing me and I was scared. I thought maybe, is it poisonous? I don't know. And I reached down to my foot and my toe was the size of a tennis ball and it was purple and swelling and they helped me get out of the water and I sat down on these rocks and I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with my foot? My foot's gonna, it's gonna fall off. I don't know what's happening. And this Tommy guy was like, I got you, hold tight, like sit here. And he ran off into the woods, into the forestry, and he was gone for 15 minutes. And no one knew where he went, and no one knew what his plan was. And then he came all the way back to me, and he had found a flat stone that served as a pallet or a plate. And on top of this plate were different separated herbs that he found in different parts of the French woods that all served a different purpose to help my foot. One was like a sort of antibiotic thing that I rub on it. Another one was like a, uh, some sort of herb that I chew. Another one was something I smell. And like you put all these different herbs and all these different things around my foot, in my mouth and in my nose and on my hand and blah, blah, blah. And uh, one of them, he's like burning with a match and putting the smoke around me and saying a prayer and all this stuff. And uh, in the end, actually, my foot got better. I don't know what he did. I don't know if it was the antibiotic one or if it was the just the hope or if it was just a natural healing after 30 minutes, maybe the swelling just went down. But it was pretty impressive, I have to say. 
Uh, so just to give him some credit, to get to, to show two sides of Tommy, uh, he can get a little too drunk and he can be kind of a tool. But my God, does that guy know how to cure a sea urchin sting? Um, uh, let's see here. What do we got going on here? I look like Johnny Sins. Johnny Sins. Who is Johnny Sins? Let me see what Johnny Sins look like. If I'm, if you're gonna, if this is mean, if this is mean, I'm gonna cry. If this is mean, I am gonna cry. Let me get this pulled up here. Why isn't that pulling up? Johnny Sins. The, doesn't he do porn? Wait a second. Johnny Sins. This guy looks the bald guy, right? The doctor dude? He look, I don't, does, does he, he look, does he, does he do porn? Uh, uh, maybe there's a different guy. Maybe there's two Johnny Sins, but I don't know. Uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's still a compliment. Okay. I'll take what I can get. I'll take what I can get. Um, Kazuma says, I think it's a running joke on here. It's a running joke on my live chats that I look like Johnny Sins. How have I missed that before? Guys, let's stay on topic. We're talking about Oktoberfest. Does nobody, does nobody have a thought or opinion or, or a story or anything they'd like to share about October? We're talking about Oktoberfest here. People, it's going on. It's happening right now. Um, there was another situation I had. So at that same first Oktoberfest, uh, when I was there with Tommy and Sarah, before he got too drunk, um, <laughs> um, they, so, okay. So no one told me about this stuff that, that, that goes on at Oktoberfest. I forgot what the actual name of it is. Probably if, if one of you guys is actually paying attention, you can, maybe you can tell me, but there's this, uh, white powder that goes around, that people have and they take to October. I mean, they don't just take it there. They take it everywhere, but it's common at Oktoberfest. And it's like this, okay, I'll just tell you. So basically I was there and I was on these tables and we were all drinking and singing along. And then I saw some guy dump some white powder onto his wrist and snort it. And I thought, oh my God, people are doing cocaine here. People are doing cocaine in the open, like around everybody and no one cares. And this guy turned to me and he offered it and I got really nervous and really sort of panicky. Like, am I, am I about to do this? Am I about to do cocaine? Am I about to do cocaine? Like, is that normal? And you know, like people I knew were there and I thought, how is no one warning me? How is no one saying, hey, people are going to offer cocaine. So you just got to be cool and you got to stay strong and don't take it. They were just like, yeah, woohoo, and uh, finally, I just I went down and I noticed um, before I, you know, you're a drunk guy, someone offers you cocaine. I mean, what was I supposed to do? I mean, I'm not going to be like, excuse me, sir, um, I have better morals than that. I was like, oh, well, I mean, sh uh, I mean, if you, is it, is it really cool? And I went down to smell it and it was so minty. And that's when I realized they're not doing cocaine, you idiot. And I snorted it, 
and it was, I think Irina has it here, schnuff tabak, schnuff tabak, schnuff, schnuff, schnuff tabak, uh, which is, what's schnuff, schnuff, but it's tobacco, it's a type of tobacco, it's like a snorting, it's like a snorting tobacco, and it's like this mint thing, and I don't, okay, I don't know why people do it, because all it did for me was burn, yeah, sniff tobacco, all it did was burn my nostrils, and just completely snapped me. I mean, for momentarily, it snapped me out of being drunk. I was like three moss. Yeah, Paula says here, it's like snorting Tabasco. Exactly. It was just like, ah, ah, oh, oh. And for that moment, you're completely sober and you're kind of in pain. It's like burning your nostrils. And you're like, why? Why did I do that? Why didn't I just, why did, why didn't, why would, why did you, why, but what, warum, why, why did you, because when did you decide, how did you, why, where did you get this from? Why did you do that? Why did you give this to me? It's crazy. Sabina says, I think it's funny that girls sit and lie at the Kotzhügel to take cute pictures. Oh, hold on. I'm going to get to the Kotzhügel. I'm going to get to the Kotzhügel. Um, yeah. So this thing, it really surprised me. And uh, I remember it just burned and it was awkward and uh, I've been offered it at parties before since then and man, I think I did it one more time in the following like six years or something. Oh, here we go. Angam says it's to become sober and to be able to drink more. <sighs> well, that's isn't that also why people do cocaine? Like why not just do cocaine? That's, that's probably more fun and lasts longer. Um... Varum sounded like spell. <laughs> Varum, <laughs> Varum. Uh, it's quite known. Yeah. Okay. Well, Paula, maybe it's quite known to you because you're a little tobacco sniffer who drink, who sniffs tobacco all day, cause so you can drink all night long, huh? Just kidding. I don't. I didn't know what it was. It was the first time I'd ever seen that, and I know that people listening to this have n- have never. I mean, some people listening to this have never heard of that before. So that was for me a big shock. I really thought it was cocaine. Got super shocked. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to see it tonight. I think I'm going to pop over at the Vizen tonight and I'm probably going to see it there again. And the question is, ladies and gentlemen, if I get too drunk, will I convince myself to do it again? That's the question. Will I fool myself? Will I? Probably. Um, what part of Germany do you live in? I am actually in Munich. So Wiesen is happening right in my neighborhood as we speak. There's so many people here. There's so many people from all over the world here right now. It's crazy. Uh, maybe it's for driving home. Oh, such an American answer. Um, hi, what are you talking about? We're talking about Oktoberfest. We're talking about Wiesen. And tabak, and we're going to get to all the different parts uh, of the experience here. But I want to know, is anybody here in the chat, because now we got a good uh, crowd going here, has anybody gone to Oktoberfest? Has anyone, does anyone hate it? I, I imagine like Germans who grow up in Germany probably view it as like this trashy tourist attraction, which let's be honest, it can be. And maybe they don't ever want to go there or and, and experience it for themselves. But I don't know. Then I go there and I see these little kids having fun. I see the whole family experience. I think it could be kind of nice. Ankum says that uh, she doesn't get the hype. I can understand that. It's kind of like being from, uh, uh, you're asking what part of America I'm coming from. I came from New Orleans, Louisiana to here. And so I imagine it's similar to this feeling of, 
Mardi Gras, like Carnival, which you guys have in, in uh, Cologne. Uh, Cologne, yeah. Where it's like, you you know it, you've been there a million times, you know you know what to expect, you know the the music, you know the the crowds, the the types of tourists, you, you know the whole experience. Um, so you kind of just like fade out of it after a while. But then some years you're like, oh, I, I miss it. I haven't been there in so long. And you go and you party and you vibe out with it. And then you have a reignited love for it. You know, it's probably something like that. But yeah, it's really crazy. The schnoop, sh- I'm going to put that down. Schnoop, schnoop, what is it? Sh- let me scroll back in the comments here. Schnoopf, schnoopft, 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 ah, uh, the schnoopft. Man, that's not easy to say. Schnuft tabak. Okay, now I'm back at the bottom here. Um, yeah, so. Okay, maybe someone here can ex- can explain one thing. To- First off, guys, if you're in the live, f- thank you for writing it for me again. If you're in the live right now, thank you for being here. And uh, make sure to send send some likes and sh- send the sh- send the live to a friend who you think might have a good opinion about this. Um, I would love to get some more opinions on uh, what we're talking about here today. So make sure to send it to a friend. Let them know that we're live right now. And um, let's go on to the next thing, which is there's just like one rule, which is that I don't get this one thing. That I don't get this one thing. And it's about, I've been to Wiesn a few times where it's a little early, like maybe between noon and one or between one and two. So it's not been open so long. And you see that uh, somebody has been busted standing on the table, standing on a table at Wiesn, like before something. There's like some rule, okay? I don't know if it's before the music starts or if it's before X or Y, but... Uh, a person is standing on the table, but it's before everyone else is, so they get busted and they get told that they have to chug their whole drink. And some people do it so that they can chug the whole drink because they're dared with their friends or because it's fun for them or because they want to. But some people just are like standing up uh, to let someone buy or whatever, like on their bench. And then they're like, oh, and then they're like, oh, no. And then they're like just shakily trying to drink their whole drink in like 10 seconds. Why is that? What is that? Does anybody understand what this chugging rule? I would love to know that. I have it written down as the standing on table must chug rule. I've seen it so many times, but there must be so many different games that take place here. Um, Let's see. People are saying uh, in Germany, they do nothing or a lot, drinking or smoking, which is not fun at all. Um, schnupf, t- schnupf tabak. Thank you. That's how to pronounce it. Uh, there are different games. Well, what are the different games? Like, for those who have gone and experienced this part of Oktoberfest, where you're there and you see someone standing up on a bench or on their table or whatever, and then the whole room is like cheering them on or booing them or whatever, and they have to chug this drink. What is that? I've seen that so many times, but I never questioned it. And then I, I just knew people were like, well, people came by and was like, well, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't stand up in your seat. Don't, don't stand up at all because, you know, you're going to have to chug your whole beer and come on. You didn't even have your lunch yet. You can't chug your whole mass before you've had lunch. You're going to be drunk before one o'clock. Come on, calm down. Stay cool. That's all. Do it. Just relax, relax, relax. And then you see people, like, you see these, like, poor, I don't know, you just see these poor bastards get up there and, you know, they really didn't want to do it and then they're doing it and they feel the peer pressure of, like, 
you know, 2,000 or more people being like, oh, I love Lord of the Rings. I'm going to have to find out what that one is. Um, but thank you guys. Thank you for the likes and thanks for the spelling. The classic Räuber Hotzen. Oh, let's say that, Jordan. Come on, Jordan. Let's say that. Räuber Hotzenplotz. Räuber Hotzenplotz is the first one that came to mind. Um, all right. Now look here. Angam, they're getting creative about how to drink their mass. That makes sense. That's what I'm saying. That's, but that's not defining it enough for me. I need to know, and we'll move on, because no one seems to know. But I want to know what that is by the end of this live. Um, okay, so in my opinion, for those who want to go to Vizen, for those who um, plan to, for those who have never been before, uh, so I'm someone who's only been probably less than five times as opposed to friends that I have here in Munich who go, of the 16 days, they go like seven, eight days or something, which is crazy. I mean, I guess you can go with family that can buy some of the drinks. You can maybe go with your uh, colleagues and get like a voucher for the drinks. But if you go there more than just a few days, more than like two or three times and you want to drink every time and do the rides and eat the food, man, you are just running through money. For me, that's unbelievable to imagine unless you're just a wealthy person. If you're just a normal person, I don't see how you could ever go to Visa more than just a couple of times. But I, I know people here who go so, 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 so many times. Um, but I've only been le- like less than five or so. Uh, I mean, because I've, that's, I mean, maybe, yeah, once a year and there was two, like I've been here for six or seven years now and they it was shut down for two. So yeah, I've been like four or five times. And, um, <laughs> RIP liver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So in my opinion, for those who have never been for someone who's only gone a few times, um, eat the food first. I mean, but that's sort of a classic drinking rule. No, I mean, uh, you can just like, I don't know. I feel like there's this classic understanding that if you're going to go somewhere and you're going to drink, you're going to either you're going to make the decision that I'm going to go into this with an empty stomach. I'm going to pregame right now before the event. I'm going to let this pure liquor or this beer or this wine or whatever just hit the gut and just take you to take you to drunk town, take you to obliterationville before you even know what's what. But I think particularly. Now look, there are some people who can do this, some people who enjoy doing this. I don't know a lot of them, but some people enjoy doing that. I would say particularly for Oktoberfest, if you're going to go and you've never been before and you don't know what the beer is like, eat the chicken first, you know? I mean, come on. The Bavarian food at Oktoberfest is rich. It's rich. And yes, Irina Wiesen is not all about drinking. I'm going to get to that too. And I would love your input on that. Absolutely. Like Ankam says too, drink some water in between the mass. Absolutely. Like if you're going to go there and you want to go there for drinking, now look, you're going to have a good time. Each, like each beer company has their own tent that you enter and it's like its own universe. There's just 
oceans of people, like thousands and thousands of people from all over the world, mostly dressed in trasht, mostly mostly dressed in like lederhosen and um, diendel and, and, and then also cheap knockoff versions of that that everybody hates. And, and also people who go like me who I don't really like to go in that. I just dress like normal. Um, but you're going to see so many people and you're going to get so entranced by it. And the, the music is weird and sometimes bad. But if you're drunk, it's kind of fun bad and like good bad. And it's a whole experience. It's a whole crazy uh, day of, of, of uh, it's a whole time. It's a whole like experience to go through. And you might get so wrapped up in it that you forget to order water or you might forget to, um, you know, slow down and have some chicken or some potatoes. They have great food all over the place. They have like, if you're a meat eater in general in Germany, you're in luck because they have like the best Stegsemmel. They have, um, Schweinebauch, uh, um, they have like Schweinehaxe, they have Schnitzel, um, have uh, like Leberkäsemmel, they have great chicken, all this stuff you can enjoy, all this food with some big pretzels. They, so people are always passing around these big German soft pretzels. You can get some soft mashed potatoes and stuff with it, and it's great. And you let that little layer sit in on the bottom of your stomach, and then you can go to town on the extra alcoholic mega beer that is uh, the beer sold at Oktoberfest. So that would be my 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 humble advice. Um, but yes, Irina, it is not all about drinking. That's true. And I would love to know what your guys' favorite thing to do at Oktoberfest is. Because for me, it's not about really sitting in the tents and just drinking. Although I am a drinker and I think that is occasionally very fun. But it's not like my number one. You know what I like to do? I like to I like to pop in. And I like to have a couple of drinks with some food. And then I like to go back out. And bear with me here. I'm a ride taker. I like the rides. I'm an American. I like a theme park. I like going on those roller coasters. Moni, thank you for the follow. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you for the likes. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm having a lot of fun with you today. So thank you. Uh, Mar Marie there, hello from Germany. Also, hello from Germany. <laughs> I'm also in Germany. Uh, Ankam says, she never liked it. She never will like it. Totally understand. Um, me wants to go, I want to go to town. Is it like slang, like you want to go to town on Wiesen? Like I get that. Um, yeah, Irina, have fun singing along. I'll go to town on the leather hose. On the on the lederhosen? Le on the leather hose. If that E and that S were switched around, it'd be like those leather hose. Um, such a bad joke. But, okay, so there's this, okay, okay, okay. That would be my advice, of course. And if I go there, if I go there, what I like to do is get a little drunk and then do the rides. Um, but, 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 but. One of the coolest, well, not coolest, but like, that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to describe. There's one thing that takes place like every 30 minutes at Oktoberfest in just about every single location that you're at. Like if you're in inside any of the tents, just about. No, for sure. Certainly. If you're inside any of the tents and, and there's music being played, usually it's always by a live band, about every 30 minutes maybe less, there is a change of music from whatever song 
is being performed, whether it's a cover of Britney Spears or, uh, um, you know, this classic like, um, country roads take me home to the plane I belong with Virginia. Um, Neil Diamond, if it's not Neil Diamond or Britney Spears or something, uh, they cut to this classic sort of uh, ritualistic kind of song that everyone here is going to know, which goes, I'm prosit, I'm prosit, gambitless kind, I'm prosit, I'm prosit, gambitless kind. Hey, and then everyone's like, oh, pros, pros, clink, 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 um, I, I forgot. I think it's what is there? Gemütlichkeit. Um, Gemütlichkeit. Uh, friendliness. Yeah, like geniality, friendliness. It's like prost, prost, like cheers, cheers to f we're all like friendliness and geniality and happiness and joy. Oh, joy. Gemütlichkeit. Joy, joy, joy. And then drink, drink, drink. Um, Angam says they cheer each other up to drink more. Well, of course they do. Uh, uh, what rock have you been living under? Of course they do. If you're there to drink, you want to be cheered on to do it. You don't want some nag in the corner like, um, Henry, you've already had two masks and you didn't even have any check on. No, no, you want them to be like, I'm prosit gemüklichkeit. That's what I want. That's what I want. And of course, to increase the beer purchases. They, that's what they want. It's a cheer. It's a cheer to the coolness, a cheer to the drinkiness. And they want to sell more beer. And hey, they sell plenty of, they sell plenty of beer. Um, again, guys, thanks for joining the live. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for sending the likes. I really appreciate it. Um, talking about Oktoberfest. We're talking about Wiesen. Talking about I'm Prose der Gemütlichkeit and Schnufftabak and all these funny things that take place there. Um, yeah, the food is really traditional. The food is great. I, I really personally love the food they serve there. I feel like they really pick the perfect um, kinds of Bavarian traditional foods and like the the companies that make those foods there make it really well for which is funny. Like you don't you almost don't expect for a food truck style. Uh, or like a food, you know, cart along the festival pathways to be so delicious. Uh, but it is hella, hella, hella delicious. Um, let's take a look at... Oh, God. Oh, my God. Wait a second here. Angam says, now let's talk about the Kotzhügel. But I have to... I have to look at this picture first because the the first images that come up for Kotzhügel Oktoberfest is just mountains and mountains of drunk people laying on their stomach with their asses out like near poop and pee and stuff. Um, uh, 
Let me just make sure I know what I'm looking at here real quick. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. There's a website here called Bye Bye. Oh, it's called Puke Hill for a reason, of course. I'm so stupid. You know what I you know what I got confused? You know what I got confused, uh, Angam? For a second, I forgot that Kotz is vomit. And I thought for a second, and this is going to make you laugh, I thought for a, like a very small second that you were talking about this um, rotating uh, game, this very, very old game in the Oktoberfest that all these women sit on to try and be the last one sitting on it. There's always like 11 women and then it, they fall off and it spins and spins and spins until there's like one person left and they have to hold on to win this money or win the prize. I thought for a second that that was the Kotzhügel, but that's not it. That's uh, the Teufelskreis. Yes, 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 the Teufelskreis. And that's what I thought. I, I thought you were like, <laughs> earlier I thought you were like, all right, come on, Jordan, let's talk about the Teufelskreis <laughs> or the Teufelsrad or whatever. I thought you were talking about that. Oh, my God. You were talking about the Kotzhügel, which is Vomit Hill. Oh my God, that sounds like a great name for the episode. Uh, I hear, I see a website here from Watson De that says Oktoberfest. Bye bye, Puke Hill. How Munich wants to prevent the wild hustle and bustle. Yeeshi. The Oktoberfest, which is taking place again this year in Munich, is above all a beer festival where one or the other drinks a beer too much. For this reason, on the hill behind the festival tents, year after year, alcoholics who slept off their intoxication and drunks who threw up. These scenes caused the meadow to be nicknamed Vomit Hill, the Kotzhügel. Uh, the city of Munich wants to prevent crimes, so throwing up and sleeping off the drunkenness is not enough. In the past, drug deals and sexual assaults have increasingly taken place on the slope, clouding the image of Oktoberfest. Woof. In addition, heavily intoxicated people who urgently needed help were overlooked. Ooh, that's not a good sign. For this reason, the city of Munich has now set itself the goal of using cameras and the police to take tighter action against the wild goings-on on the hill. There's a picture of this clearly not German guy in <laughs> sneakers and fake uh, lederhosen uh, knocked out asleep in the grass. In addition, a slope patrol is used to keep an eye on the pu- A slope patrol? That's wild. After two years of the pandemic, they're once again making sure, da-da-da-da, the foreign visitors... Foreign visitors couldn't believe the signs they saw on the hill. Wiesenboss Clemens Baumgartner says, We want a quality Oktoberfest. This also means that we focus on the so-called puke hill so that the Wiesen doesn't get the wrong image. A special cleaning service is going to be provided. Even private paths to the front door and driveway should be cleaned. High-pressure washing. It's still an issue on Twitter. Despite all the special measures, the puke hill is still being made fun of on the internet. A Twitter user revealed that the slope is actually a place where dogs do their business. Wow, this is nuts. Exactly. After tears occur in the festival can Okay, now they're saying about how it comes back this year. Okay, okay, so that's definitely different from what I thought you were talking about before. I thought, man, she's so excited to talk about the Teufelsrad. And for for I know my mom is listening, and the Teufelsrad is this game that you 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 jump on a. It's like riding the electronic bull. You know, you jump on with a group of people and this spinning thing, and you have to be the last one holding on. Um, but no, that she wants to talk about Vomit Hill. Um, 
Wow. Okay. Well, hey, whoa, by the way, thank you for the likes. Jesus, we really jumped up there. <laughs> wow. Thank you, JB. JB for the win. Thank you so much for the likes. Wow. We like quadrupled. Wow. We just, wow. Okay. Thank you. Wow. Um, you guys are really nice. Um, then, uh, honestly, I'm, I don't know what else I could say about the, about the puke hill that uh, this website didn't just say. I didn't even know. I didn't even know about that. I knew that there is a lot of twisted shit that takes place at Oktoberfest that a lot of people don't talk about or mention. Like, I know about, um, like, the crazy amount of, like, abuse and, like, I don't know how, like, TikTok can be very, very strict about the actual language that I use uh, to talk about things, but, like, you know, S-A and, um, like... Yes, like doing things inappropriately, physically, like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. I don't want this, the live to get cut off. Um, But yeah, I knew about all that stuff and I wanted to actually even talk about it, but I didn't know, somehow I didn't even know about the Kotzhugel. Maybe I've, dude, maybe I've just not really seen enough of Oktoberfest to, JB, you are insane. JB, you are insane. Yes, Angam, exactly, that that word. Yeah, there's a lot more of that than I ever thought there was ever going to be at the Oktoberfest, and it's probably just my pure American naivety. Like, I know people like me from the States who would, who would come and go to Oktoberfest probably can't really even imagine that sort of thing. Um, I mean, especially, like, in my mind, I see it as such an innocent affair. You know, my friend Moritz and I, when we think about going there, uh, the first time we went, uh, and even the second time we went together, the, uh, a couple years ago and this year, we went to the Oidevisen, like the old part of it where it was calm with the old people dancing. Oh, oh, how sweet, how simple. We found plenty of places to sit and we had a nice calm time and we just like caught up and hung out with each other and went home at like 1030 and it was no no craziness. But of course, there's these humongous tents with thousands and thousands and thousands. There's six million people a year. So it's a huge amount of people in these mega tents. And, you know, you just get people with the wrong impression with far too much alcohol in their system. And, uh, yeah, you have stupid, uh, ignorant, uh, insecure, broken men all over the world. And the last thing you need is to have that type of man sitting in a tent with a bunch of... Um, other drunk, like-minded people making terrible decisions like that uh, based out of their own terrible upbringing and troubled, traumatizing pasts and, you know, who knows, like, who knows why these terrible things happen, but um, it's always, always disappointing. And of course, I mean, I almost feel stupid for not, not really having known how much goes on there, but... I mean, now, I mean, maybe there's going to be, maybe there's going to be less this year. I can only hope because now it's so, especially now seeing this thing with the, with Puke Hill, that there's going to be so much uh, security and cameras and like more attention to what's going on in the shadier parts of the festival. I can only hope, uh, but I feel really bad to, to even hear that. Uh, Schlaurin says, hi, hello to you. And JB, you're still sending likes, dude. You are number one in my book. Ain't nobody sending likes like JB is. Man, Schlaurin, you are too. 
That's so nice, guys. Thank you for crossing. You're almost crossing 2,000. That's so cool, man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, there's... I don't know what... Angam, I don't really know what you meant by that's your chance, but maybe you meant, like, that's my chance to learn about it. So, yeah, this is definitely a chance to learn about that stuff. I think that's crazy. Um, and when it comes to... And now I think we can shift somewhere else with it, but um, it's definitely good to be aware and to be smart. I mean, and honestly, I think, unfortunately, if you are, I think at any sort of event like that, anywhere in the world, any sort of event like that, anywhere in the world where there is a lot of people, a lot of people drinking or taking drugs or getting inebriated somehow, and there's all this adrenaline and energy and excitement and new faces and you know, you're in these tents with a lot of people all cheering and drinking and standing on the tables and you get this adrenaline and this feeling of like, you know, like nothing can go wrong and you have all this power and it's really a, a crazy phenomenon. I think in festivals like that all over the world, um, there is always, unfortunately, a higher risk for things like that to happen. And I just wish there was an easier way to to cut it down. I think I was just so surprised this year to find out that it takes place in, at Oktoberfest, which seems like such a, like, I don't know. It didn't really, I always picture these Germans who are like, yes, we're going to go to Oktoberfest for lunch today and have a meeting with the CEO of BM, like BMV. <laughs> you know, like I, it's just such a Bavarian thing to me. Uh, JB says, did you know that everything in what could be peed or thrown up? Wait, did you know that everything that could be peed or or thrown up is removed. I'm guessing you mean during Wiesen. Um, I'm trying to decipher this one, but in the meantime, thank you for the likes. This is crazy that you're giving, we're almost at 3000. Did you know that everything that could be peed or thrown up is removed while Wiesen? Like everything that could be peed out or thrown up takes place at Wiesen. Is that what you mean? Because that makes total sense. That makes total sense to me. Um, Angam, thank you for the likes. That's so sweet. Thank you. Um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We're going to cross 3,000. That's nuts. You guys are crazy. Um, but I, I will. So like my favorite, I, I mentioned it before, but like my favorite, favorite, favorite thing about October. Oh my God. 3,000. Um, yeah, the rain helps, that's for sure. So Irina is talking about how the, the rain helps wash all this uh, disgusting stuff away. Oh my God, guys, that reminds me. <gasps> oh my God. I haven't told the best, I haven't told the best story of the whole thing yet. You guys are about to have your faces blown off by not only my best Oktoberfest story, but my favorite story of all time. Um, now, I don't, I, there are definitely a few people who listen to this podcast who know this story. I'm, I know my friend Moritz does, and he always encourages me to tell it. Uh, so now he gets his, his moment here on the show. And uh, my mom, I think, knows this story, but it's so good. Here we go. So the, I think it was Oktoberfest 2018. 
I was working at an elementary school in Munich and I wasn't gonna go, just to answer this question, I'm sitting in this room with my jacket on because I'm in my tiny little office in the center of Munich and I don't have heating and it's very cold <laughs> and really uh, the, the room holds no heat. It's basically like very thin wood in this tiny little space in this little Innenhof in Munich and I'm cold. Um, okay, so it was 2018 and I was working on, uh, I was working at an elementary school and I wasn't going to go to Wiesen that year because I didn't really have enough money for it. I, um, I had gone once before and it was fun, but I thought that's kind of it for me this year. And then I got a phone call and I got a phone call from a guy. I'm going to leave all of the details of, of all the personal stuff out of this because I don't want anybody to, to, uh, anyone to get name dropped or anything anywhere. So I got a, I got a phone call uh, from an older friend of mine who uh, works at a company. And his company has a sister company, so a, a partnership company in America. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Uh, he has a couple of um, colleagues from this American sister company that he likes to cooperate with. And he flies to America and talks to them about business. And now they were going to fly over to Germany during Oktoberfest. So he gets to, so, <laughs> so, okay. So my friend calls me, I'm at the elementary school and he says, Hey man, so you know, these American colleagues of mine, uh, from I think North Carolina. And I said, yeah, I said, are you going to take them to Oktoberfest this year? And he says, well, here's the thing. I'm supposed to host them tonight at Oktoberfest, but I just got, uh, like another call about a different business meeting and I can't cancel it. I can't take them. Do you think that you could you could go and, and host them at Oktoberfest? I'll pay for everything. You can get whatever you want. Treat them to whatever they want. Any food, any drinks, it's on me if you host them. And of course, I was like, wait a second. Free Oktoberfest, which is not cheap, and all I have to do is hang out with Americans? <laughs> Easy peasy. I said, sure, let's do it. That sounds great. So we set it up. I got the phone number of the guy. It was a gentleman and his wife who were both in their 60s. His name was Tony, and I don't remember his wife's name, but we'll just call her Sally. So Tony and Sally, and then they had a, had a secretary or like an assistant of theirs in her 40s, maybe like 46, 47, and I, f I forgot her name too, but we're going to call her Jennifer. So you had Tony and Sally, 60s, and their assistant Jennifer in her 40s. And I got the phone number and I said, okay, guys, look, I'm going to be at, you know, this location, at this tent. I'm going to get us a table outside. Um, come meet me here. We'll, we'll meet up. And I wore, I wore lederhosen. I dressed up as nice as I could. I wanted to impress them and show them the city and have a really nice, fun time. I wanted them to feel the German experience. It was their very first time in Germany, and here they are at Oktoberfest. So I show up. They're super nice. I take them to the table. We get in, like, in the back of the Augustina tent. We're sitting there. I order everybody Maas and, and Obatsta and pretzel and, you know, like, Schweinehaxe and, like, all this really traditional, nice, old-fashioned Bavarian stuff. I wanted them to have the whole experience, and these guys are so sweet. Tony and Sally are talking to me about their children. Uh, they had a son who's going to college. Their daughter's doing this and that, finishing high school. Oh, how did you get involved in this business? Oh, how did you end up in Germany? We're chit-chatting. It's a lovely conversation. It's really nice and fun. 
and the assistant, I'm not noticing, but the assistant is hustling a little quicker through her beer than I thought. So she finishes a whole mass while we're eating, and she's a little quiet, a little shy, and she drinks a second one. Now, if you've never had it before, and I don't know how much food she ate, and I don't know how fast she really drank it, but it hit her pretty hard, but we didn't know. We didn't know at the time. So we're sitting at the table, and at some point, the secretary, Jennifer, she says, um, I need to use the bathroom. Do you know where I can go? And for those who understand the Oktoberfest, usually there's like a sectioned off area of bathrooms that's like, you know, temporarily installed, uh, like white cheap plastic stalls uh, that are put in place. And there's usually a lady out front with a table with coins, like you pay her to clean it, right? So I was telling her this, I was explaining everything. Oh, well, you know, you go through here and past right over there and there's uh, the lady with the coins and you just put like, here's a 50 cent piece, put it in and then you just go pee. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, here's where things start to get crazy. She's trying to walk down the aisle to get to the bathroom. And as she gets down the aisle, she realizes she's passing through these wooden benches and there's these this group of guys. This is huge group of like big Bavarian guys and they're sitting so big on the table that she can't squeeze between them. So she chooses to walk on the little wooden bench that people sit on. Now imagine like a picnic table bench. It's just a thin, cheap wooden bench with a little metal rod under it that if you rock back and forth, the whole thing will like, it'll tilt back and forth. But she doesn't know this. So she thinks, I'm going to stand up and walk around them. Well, she gets on the bench and she walks like two steps. And you see this thing rock like it's the perfect storm with George Clooney and Mark Wahlberg. And it's like, and she goes flying down off of it and like family guy style just just smacks into the floor and everyone panics you see like the drinking guys me and 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 tommy and 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 sally and the the bathroom lady and a security guard they're all like and they all stand up and they they run over to her and we roll her over onto her back and she had like temporarily knocked herself out and she shattered her glasses and she's there like, and we, we look and she's, the glass broke and it cut the inside, like the skin right next to her eye, like in the inside of her eyebrow right there, it cut it and she's bleeding down her face with glasses and pieces on the ground and she's drunk and she's like got a concussion and we're like, oh my God, Jennifer, are you okay? And she's in shock and she's like, yeah, um, I'm okay. Um, what happened? You know, and we said, oh, you fell, you fell down on the, on the, on the chair and you're bleeding. And the security guard comes over and he says, I have to take you to the first aid tent. So for those who know, there's also a separate building at the Wiesn that's like first aid for emergencies. So we go with her, me, Sally, Tommy, we pay, we say, we got to go, we got to take her, we leave the food, we leave the beers, we go with her and the security guard to the emerge- to the first aid tent, we get in and they say, uh, we, we can only take her, no one else can come in with her. So we said, okay, so we sent her in alone, she met with a the doctor, they took her in, and so we're waiting, right? So we're waiting and talking and uh, a few minutes go by and we're chatting, me and Tommy and Sally saying, well, you know... I know it's been a difficult evening. It wasn't like we necessarily thought it would be, but um, 
you know, things happen and she's going to be fine. And, you know, I'm so glad you guys could, you know, we're wrapping up the night. We're wrapping it up here. We're like, hope you guys can come back and visit sometime. I hope you had fun anyway. And uh, yeah, good luck with your son. Tell him, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff. And wrapping everything up. Finally, Jennifer comes back out of the first day 10. She's wearing an eye patch because they had to put stitches, like six stitches on the inside of her eye here. So when she's wearing this big bloody patch and someone's like helping her walk out to us and she has her purse over her shoulder. And so she gets there and we say, are you okay? How was it? How do you feel? And she's like, I think I'm going to be all right. I think I'm going to be all right. And we said, okay, well, I'll show you guys where to get to your train station to lead them out. And she stops us and she says, guys, she's like, there's one more thing I have to, (laughs) it's like, there's one more thing I have to do. And we said, I was like, oh, um, okay, sure. What's that? And she reaches over in her purse and she pulls out a jar of human ashes. And she says, I promised my deceased husband that I would spread his ashes at Oktoberfest. And we did not know what to say to her. This was so freaky. First off, she didn't tell Tommy and Sally that she was flying across the globe with a jar full of human ashes. Second of all, pretty sure all of that's illegal. Pretty sure all of that's illegal. Spreading ashes outside of different places, flying on a plane with them. It was in like a huge, like a dill pickle jar. So where did she even like, where, where did she get this? And, and she didn't, we didn't know that was the plan. We didn't know that was going to be the goal. So now I'm there like, uh, uh, you know, and I'm like the host for this company. So I'm thinking, I, I, I mean, I have to do what they want, right? So then I'm looking, I'm looking at Tommy and Sally and I'm like, um, well, I, I mean, I, of course, you know, sure, of course, let's go do it. So then we're, you know, and they're shocked. They are shocked, like draw jaw on the floor. They don't know what to think about this. And there's this lady with a bloody eye patch and a jar full of human ashes. And we're walking around Oktoberfest and I'm thinking like, where am I supposed to tell her this is a good, where, where am I supposed to tell her it's a good spot? She's like, where, where's a beautiful place that we can dump the ashes? And I'm like, nowhere. It's Oktoberfest. Everything is pee and vomit and, and shit and, and, and cigarettes and like everything is gross and it's nighttime and there's like Australians everywhere like, oh, I'm like spitting and like smoking and like farting and like it's raining and the streets are messy and sloshed with pee and it's like, how is this a good idea? How does she think that's what her husband wants? Well, anyway, I'm trying to please her. So eventually I just bring her to like the front of one of the main tents where there's the most light, where she can see everything. And I said, like, how about here? And she's like, oh, it's beautiful. This is a great spot to do it. And she's like, would you mind taking photos of me? And you have no idea how bad I wish that I had used my own phone because I would still look at these photos every year if I had the chance, but she gave me her phone 
and I'm sitting there and I'm instantly just like click, 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 click. I'm taking a thousand. I don't want to miss a frame of life in this experience. And she's there and she's holding out the jar, like holding it out with her hand. And she's like, uh, like, are you ready? And I'm like, click, click, click. I'm ready. Click, 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 click. And then she just proceeds to like, and just like pours all the ashes all around her. And like the wind is blowing it into people's beers and it's in someone's cup of coffee and it's in the rain puddles with pee and sludge. And it's just like, and it just, and she drops it on the ground and she's like, okay. And I just give her the phone back and I look at Sally and Tommy and I'm like, I guess that's, um, I guess that's finally it now. And this, for me, this was like, for me, this was really the craziest experience probably of my entire life. Uh, not just at October, like nothing will ever be crazier than that at Oktoberfest ever. A funny thing was she still didn't want to go home. She still wanted to ride the, the, the Ferris wheel. She still wanted to ride like two more rides and Sally and Tommy are sitting, they're standing there on the ground watching us like <sighs> checking their watch, you know, like. They're so angry with her. Finally, they finally go home and I see on Sally and Tommy's eyes as they're walking away with her, they look at me with these eyes of like, I'm so sorry. Like, we didn't, I'm so sorry. Like, we didn't know, we didn't know. And I was like, I didn't know. No one knows, you know? <laughs> uh, Ankum says, nice joining your life. Got to get your kids from kindergarten. Hey, have a fantastic day. Thank you for joining. Have a blessed day yourself. Hope to see you around sometime. Thank you so much. Um, actually, Guys, we crossed an hour here. I'm going to wrap up too. I just, I'm really glad we got that story in. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. If you're going to go to Oktoberfest in the next few days, um, between now and I think October 3rd, uh, just make sure that you uh, eat food first, take care of yourself, go with some friends, keep your phone charged, be safe, uh, be alert, be aware, and uh, have a lot of fun. You know, it's a great experience. Immerse yourself in it. Uh, thank you all the live people on the live for being here. I'm going to fair, I'm going to say farewell now. Thank you for the likes. I can't believe we crossed 6,000. That's unbelievable. You guys are amazing. Thank you for the follows. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. If you don't follow the channel already, thank you, JB for the roses. Oh my God. Amazing. We crossed the live goal. Oh, JB with the two roses. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Well, did you hear the, did you hear the applause? Did you hear the applause on the chat? Guys, that's incredible. JB, thank you so much. That's so nice. That's so nice. Thank you, really. Um, man, I wish I had 10 more stories like that to, to pay you back with. Um, if you want to rehear this episode today on this podcast, the show is Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. This show comes out Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. For those who are fans of what I do, I have a concert October 11th at the Mufat Halle in Munich with Jose Gonzalez. So get your tickets now. It's going to be a great show. Um, otherwise, I have a radio show on Ego FM called American Sunday. It comes on Sundays from 10 a.m. until 1. It's in English. I show good music and I tell good stories. Otherwise, thank you so much for being here, guys. It's meant a lot to me. You're the best. I have the best followers. And uh, I'm going to... How do I get out of here? Whew, there we go. Thank you so much, guys. Much love, man. Take it easy. Thank you.
All right, we signed off. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure if you enjoyed today's show to give it a share, give it a comment, give it a rating, just tell a friend. It goes a long way. We want to grow this artsy fartsy family. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye bye. Look at baby, the saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Badscheider, produziert für M94.5.